Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for joining us here today as we take you up until noon. A busy day. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. And the uh, well, our first guest is going to be Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Uh, the Phil Mickelson story continues to dominate at least the first couple of days of the PGA Championship week. This cat, some of the uh, some of the details that are coming up, uh, coming to light uh, regarding Phil Mickelson, Alan Shipnick's book, which is about to hit the bookstores um, and online wherever you buy them. It's this week, but the one apparently uh, that Mickelson is bracing himself for uh, is um, will be published sometime this fall, I believe, from Billy Walters, who served time. I mean, he is the. Uh, if you Google Billy Walters, Walters 60 Minutes, he's one of the most well-known sports wagerers um, in Las Vegas and owns a whole bunch of stuff and makes a whole bunch of money, but got some insider information. If you recall, Mickelson was caught up in that for a while, but Billy Walters served time. Phil Mickelson decided not to testify. Billy Walters has a long memory, and it is going to hit the fan. Uh, so a lot to get to on Phil Mickelson. We'll preview the tournament as well uh, with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. The PGA gets underway on Thursday. Uh, Nick Athens going to join us on the Chiefs. A couple of reasons want to have Nick on. He's been Touting on Twitter for months that the Royals and the Chiefs are going to get new stadiums. And he took the blowback, and he didn't flinch. Well, it does look as though the Royals are going to move to downtown Kansas City. We'll ask him about the Chiefs as well. I can't see it, but apparently there may be something brewing there. And then we'll get into the schedule with Nick. A few minutes uh, on Kansas City topics with Nick Athen. At 11.05, for the first time since the day after the national championship, Bama Bob. You're going to hear the music. Uh, Bama Bob will join us. We thought we'd have a little fun in the middle of May. Um, as, you, as, you, as we talked about last week, Bet Rivers came out with their over-under win totals. And we're going to pick one that we like. Middle of May. Kind of sight unseen, not a lot of study, just kind of pops into your head. Um, an over or an under for a team in all of the Power Five conferences. And then David Kaplan, bumping him up this week, going to have him at 11.30. White Sox win, Cubs win, good day for Chicago baseball last night. Uh, but back to basketball in the NHL in the playoffs of the winter sports tonight. How are you? I'm doing well. Good night of baseball. Enjoyed settling in last night and being able to watch the Twins late night, which is always a nice thing mm-hmm. after the kids are bed. So, uh, what enjoyable. was the attendance? Did you see? I forgot to look. I hadn't looked either, but judging from my television screen, <sighs> there were not many there. No official attendance. What did we put it at yesterday on the uh, when you were doing your picks for Circa? But thirty two hundred was the over under. Uh, you'd have to take the under. It didn't hit 3,200, huh? 3,138, wow. the official attendance. Which is a better crowd than they had last week when they drew 2,800 uh, into that ballpark. This is Major League Baseball. Right. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, and what did you say before the game? They found a, a possum in the press box? Yeah, Dick Bremer uh, had to evacuate his... <laughs> 
press box area. Jeez. There was a possum in the corner. Can you imagine if all of a sudden the A's got good this year and they had to host postseason baseball? What a black eye that would be for for baseball. I mean, all the nas- national broadcasters, etc., descending upon Oakland. As they did in the seventies, well, it was or the what was it eighty nine uh, World Series? Um, it's been a long time. Uh, they need a new ballpark. Whether they get it in Oakland remains to be seen. I uh, was joking last night with my wife because my baseball coverage begins tomorrow night out at the. Oh, brand new... you start tomorrow. I meant to yes. ask you that actually. Waukee Northwest, of course, in their first yeah. year of existence, and it'll be their matchup in Game One for them. Uh, at home against the Valley Tigers. So we'll have that game two of the doubleheader tomorrow here on KXNO at 7 o'clock. And if there's a possum in the press box, uh, we might just have Fox Sports programming on the air. I don't know if I'm going to deal with the possum. That's the where you box. draw the line? I think so. Yeah, yeah, you take a lot for the team, but everybody's got their limits, yeah. right? And that, that apparently we found yours. No, not, I don't blame you. Not going to be like the guy at the Arkansas baseball game? How about that? He just carried it up the stairs. A raccoon. Right. A live raccoon. Yes. that had been probably living he under that stadium for years. had it by the scruff of his neck. And then, yeah, this wasn't a baby. Eating old popcorn yep. and hot dogs and everything mm-hmm. else. I mean, that was a big raccoon, Oh, and he too. was kicking his feet. He was not too pleased that he was captured and the and the dude just had a great big smile on his face <laughs> seemingly the people as he was walking up to the uh, to the concourse level of her seat to uh close to the playing field fans they just i guess that happens in arkansas after all right they yeah. are the razorbacks that that's not the first time that right. guy's grabbed a raccoon by the neck no and pulled him out of somewhere <laughs> well they go they go fishing with their hands have you seen that oh yeah catfish? noodling I've never done that and have no desire to do. Well, you only get a, like a month of weather that you could actually do it up there. Well, that's true, too, yeah. Give me a boat and a jig and a little back troll and cooler, um, and, and away we go. All right, so uh, no ba- no basketball, no NHL. do want to go on record uh, as how we see these things coming up here in a second. So we're going to have uh, our friend... Matt Rudy on from Golf Digest. Have you read any of the Phil Mickelson stuff Not that's really. come out in the last couple of it days? It doesn't interest me. I don't know why. It just the fact that he lost forty million dollars gambling. Um, no people like that. Yeah, that's pretty. Well, the the damning part about it. But although I'm not sure if I believe it. Help me out with this one because Tom Lehman is on record as saying when in the President's Cup he was teamed with Phil Mickelson j- during uh, one of the events, and Mickelson's playing like garbage. Mm-hmm. And they came to a, a point in the course after, uh, on the, uh, maybe at the turn, Mickelson all of a sudden walks into the bush, playing terrible, walks into the trees. And Lehman leaves him there for a minute and then goes to console his partner, you know, give him a pep talk because he couldn't make a shot. Uh, and his back's to Lehman as he's walking up on him. He gets, as, as he gets to Phil Mickelson, Mickelson's looking at scores on his phone. He, wow. he he wasn't down the way his game was going. Mm-hmm. He was worried about how his bets were uh, how his bets were uh, doing. But this is the year two thousand. So help me out with this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember in two thousand we had cell phones. Yes. Did we get the internet in our phone? Could you could you check the internet in two thousand? I couldn't. don't remember. There was a texting service. Now I think it was around in two thousand, but there was a texting service where you could text. What's the score of blank, blank, blank game? And it would text you back. Okay, so it's not like you're going to ESPN.com or CBS Sport, wherever it is your go-to spot. Because I thought, you know what, I'm not sure if that maybe that's a hole in this story. Because I don't recall um, on the flip phone, remember Mm -hmm. when you had to text, you had to go all through the numbers um, to get your letter? I got pretty good at that. Did you? Oh, yeah. Just flying around on that thing. Um, 
anyways, yeah, but it's um, it's not a good look for Mickelson. Of course, he came out and um, he's, he wants to play on the Saudi tour. He wants to stick it to the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows they murdered Khashoggi and these guys are bad SOBs or whatever he called them. But um, he's, he's still not changed his mind. I mean, the fall from grace for a guy that was as popular as anybody on tour, maybe since Arnold Palmer. If this would have happened even 10 years ago, I think it would have been a bigger deal. Because now he's at the end? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. He's just, 50. He's, he's, he's north of 50. And the, the run last year in the PGA was incredible. Remarkable. Yeah. But he's old. Mm-hmm. He's an old golfer. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I don't know, it's just kind of out of the spotlight. He's not there. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I view it. I just haven't been able to get deep into the story. My, my give a crap. Very low on the Phil Mickelson fail. Yeah, I, now, I, scale, you know I'm not a huge Phil guy in general, but right. maybe that also has something to do with it. And, and these stories have been out there for years about his gambling problems. Right. So. But I don't know to this extent. You know, this is a guy that's uh, very image conscious, yes. signs a boatload of autographs, a boatload of autographs. And a lot of his fellow PGA Tour players, you know, they kind of um, shunned him a little bit for it. If, if you only knew Phil type of thing. A phony. A phony, right? But as John Feinstein said um, in, in one of his pieces, um, you know, the 10-year-old kid that's running home with his hat signed by Phil Mickelson, does he give a care what some of his fellow tour players think about him? Of course not. Nope. You got Phil Mickelson's autograph on your hat, and that's mm-hmm. all you care about uh, at the time. So we'll get into that and then more on the uh, on the PGA Tournament. Have you zeroed in yet who you're going to play? Got a few that I'm liking right now. I think towards the top, I am going to play Spieth. Are you? Yeah. He's red hot. He's playing really mm-hmm. well. Um, just feels like kind of everything's clicking for him. And we see when he gets good just how good he can be. Well, he'll have a low round in this tournament. Oh, but absolutely. he's liable to shoot a 75 the right. next day or the day before. And that's kind of the problem uh-huh. that you run into with him. So, speeds up there. I'll play Shoffley. I know he's towards the top. And uh, take a little bit of flyer on Max Homa. He said he loves the course. Did you read his quotes yesterday? I missed him two weeks ago. I had him uh-huh. to finish in the top 20. I didn't play in the win. He's a pretty good price, too, I got to think. He's got to be north of 30. He is. I think he at Circa right now, he's 42 to 1. Uh, no, he's 62 to 1. That's what a 63 is to 1. Is he really that big of a price? Wow. He was high. And also uh, the Englishman, Matthew Fitzpatrick, another one that I'm eyeing 42 to 1. So those are kind of my mid tier, I guess, shots, if you will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I played around. We're getting ready for our TV show today before you depart. So. Yep. Uh, had to get an early jump on the PGA, and well, I'll have more, of course, tomorrow, right before things tee off, and and give everybody exactly where I'm going because gotta get this thing surrounded, right? And then somebody else will win. It'll be uh, some that's dark. The course. way I approach it as well. The deepest tournament of the year is it really? Of, yeah, in terms of not just a volume of mm-hmm. golfers that are in there, but in terms of just the high ranking players that play in the PGA. Well, and if you're if you like Tiger Woods, and I know a lot of you do, he said he feels so much better than he did at, the, at Augusta uh, the second weekend in uh, in April. So we'll see. I got to give a shout out here. Uh, my high school made the state golf tournament for the first time. Very Osage, nice. The yeah. first time ever. First time ever. Yeah, we advanced my senior year to districts. I uh, proceeded birdied one. Part you, two. You were part of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I played varsity golf. Yeah. Okay. And I uh, thought I was going to state. I uh, proceeded to go double bogey, double bogey right <laughs> after that. And very quickly, my hopes of making it to Finkbine, where uh, the state tournament was that year. Have you played Finkbine ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I played mm-hmm. in Iowa City, played a ton. Mm-hmm. Really fun course. Yeah, I played it once. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a Hawkeye event. Yeah. Elevated we were... tee on that long mm-hmm. par three. And yeah, fun course out there. Mm-hmm. But I had to give a shout out to the Green Devils. First ever time nice. making the state golf tournament. Go Devils, go. <laughs> That's right. Is is it still at Finkbine? Uh, no, they move it around all the Do time they? this year. I think it's in Ames. 
if I remember correctly. Okay. And it's weird, too, because the big schools play fall golf. The 4A schools play during the fall. All the small schools play during the spring. Yeah. Who would you rather play? Um, it's brutal. Every All four mm. years of high school, we played Charles City, our first meet of the year. All four years, from 95 to 98, it snowed, mm-hmm. or there was snow on the ground for our first right. meet of the year. So the answer would be fall. Yeah, North Iowa was a little bit different. Even yeah. that two hours north... Yeah, it hits you pretty hard up there. Mm. Uh, baseball from yesterday, Trent. The uh, the Cubs just crushed, and I know Cappy's going to come on at, at eleven thirty, and I'm going to tee him up and put the Wilson Contreras. Why aren't they signed? Because uh-huh. he's hot under the collar about that. Yes, I mean Wilson Contreras doubled and hit a grand slam in the first inning. That's how that game went yesterday. A double and a grand slam in the first inning of the baseball game. Wade Miley was terrific, pitched seven strong. So. Uh, Simmons, the shortstop, who was with your twins mm-hmm. last year and was uh, Angel Pryor, he's got a noodle for an arm. Or is that his shoulder that's lingering? His, yeah. Because he can barely throw the ball from the hole that's short to the first baseman on the fly. He is an elite-level defender. He's he really good with his glove. Yeah. Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's uh, got a whole bunch of gold gloves and a platinum one, I think, too. It was He was never known as a guy with the strongest arm, but he always had a good enough arm. That had dissipated watching him last year with the twins. You could see that... It wasn't the same pop, but just he can get to so many balls. And it's not like he's a great athlete at this point in his career either. Right. He just knows the game incredibly well. But yeah, that arm, though, is oh. really dissipated from where he was when he was with the Angels coming up and, and that kind of guy. But he can get to anything. Just getting there is a different one. Yeah, no, get the ball. I mean, I thought for those, there's a couple of them that are going to be close plays, but look, I didn't stay with us a lot. It was a it was a blowout game. Miley was terrific, so I found myself, and I'm glad I did. I spent the night watching the White Sox and the Royals from about the second inning right through the extra innings. Uh, Robert just had a bomb mm-hmm. uh, in that baseball game. Jason Benetti was working with Gordon Beckham. Do you remember Gordon Beckham? He was, was a the, huge prospect. He was, and I don't know if he ever lived up to it because no. his career seemingly uh, wasn't. He didn't have a long major league career. He, it's just it was a different broadcast, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're used to at least I'm used to listening to Benetti and Steve Stone. I missed that last night, uh, but the game itself was pretty damn good, pretty darn good. And mm-hmm. if the if the Royals are really giving up that ballpark, man, oh man, um, that's a, that's a gem. It really is. That's a Goffman Stadium is a beautiful ballpark, but it sounds like they want to move downtown. And have you seen some of the artists? Rendering? I have. Where they're going to squeeze the new stadium? Yes, it's going to be very tight. Mm-hmm. Going to be within walking distance of the Sprint Center. I mean, but it's downtown, right? And you know, oh, well, you have to. Just think of what I paid closest attention to Minnesota, going for the Metrodome, mm-hmm. and then going. To target field yep. and, and making that kind of jumper or going from the old Met way back in the day. Oh my God, way out in Bloomington, yeah. Yeah, where the Mega Mall is mm-hmm. and putting it downtown. It's just such a huge difference for the city, the importance of that. Oh, parking will be a problem. That's the one thing I saw when I was reading an article uh, Sunday night about the new Kansas City baseball stadium. Oh, park, yeah, parking stuff everywhere. Yep. And guess what? You'll what are the, what were the bars around the Metrodome? Uh, uh, Hubert's. Hubert's, right. Oh, Hubert's yeah. was the spot. And then uh, the Dome Souvenir Plus. Oh, absolutely. Which I have no idea. That, that building seemingly was going to fall down at any time. It should have been condemned in 1984. There's no question, Trent. I mean, the floors are warped, yes. and that place is just packed with stuff, right? You want a Shane Mack jersey? You're you going to find it there. Yes, you Absolutely. Are. Don't sue in there, plus. Um, Spend a lot of time on um, that. I did, too. I did, too.
Uh, I, love, I love that place. But you're right about Target Field. Look, um, Denver, where mm-hmm. lower downtown where Coors Field is right now. When I lived there, that was a stay away from lower downtown. Oh, really? That's the homeless part of it. If you're uh-huh. if you're looking to get in trouble, um, you just then then drive through here. But no, stay away from it at all costs. And now, it is an absolute destination mm-hmm. when you visit the city. It, it's I mean, the ballpark has completely changed it. Um, but yeah, I get it. So if the if the Royals move, what does that do to the Chiefs? Well, there's two ways you can look at it, right? I mean, obviously you take down that stadium and how much even more parking there is. Mm-hmm. It's already a great tailgate. It's phenomenal. Spot. But what do you what what does Arrowhead need that it doesn't have? Maybe a lid? Would that be it? Well, here's the other thing that's happening right now, and it's across the river, and on the other side, that's where the Kansas Motor Speedway is. There is continued talks about that thing not being in Kansas City, Missouri anymore, mm-hmm. but putting a stadium in Kansas City, Kansas. And another piece that I saw, at least a small component of it, Kansas has just legalized sports wagering. I saw that. Missouri. Although the, the tribes have th- thrown a wrench into things. Missouri is a long ways away. Is it? They have run into hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. So mm-hmm. because of that... Many people believe that maybe there's a possibility with that gambling money that Kansas will be able to have a bigger bid. The Kansas side, it would be, I don't know, I kind of consider maybe almost like West Des Moines over there. Stayed over there one time and just kind of seems like, you know, a newer suburb, if you will, uh-huh. you know, compared to Kansas City, Missouri side. So at least that's how I see it as an outsider, new money, that kind of thing. And of course, getting the Chiefs. I mean, how monstrous that would oh, be. Oh, my gosh. So is it e- would it be easier to get to the new... F- Not sure. I just don't know I don't Kansas know City Kansas City was yeah. either. Yeah, I just right? don't I feel know. I have a pretty good grasp of the Twin Cities mm-hmm. and of Chicago, uh, but Kansas City, for whatever reason, was never high on my list. Well, that's the, a P&L about. district's fun. Oh, it is. Absolutely. So how far would the new stadium be from that? Any idea? <sighs> Half hour, maybe? 25 minutes? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Nick will help us out right. when he joins us uh, coming up here uh, in a few minutes. Matthew Rudy from Golf Digest will be first up. We'll talk to Matt Rudy on golf. Looking forward to catching up with him. And then again, at 11.05, we're just going to talk some college football because gosh darn it, we, we miss it. And it's been, uh, it's been months since we've had that opportunity to do so. Trent, real quick, before we go on, um, um, before we get to Jeff here in a second, yeah. do you have a feeling for either of the two uh, NBA uh, conference finals? Do you, do you like one more? I mean, can Dallas win? Yes. I f- in a way, I almost feel better with Dallas winning the series than I do Miami. Mm-hmm. I know it's crazy. Who's the best player left in the playoffs? Luka. I think it is, too. Tatum's yeah. great. He's great. Tatum's great. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. I think it's Doncic. Maybe the most complete player, you could say, is Jason Tatum at this point. He's really good. Yeah, he's he's on he's really good. But we talk about offense, and especially uh-huh. especially in the. I know Tatum can get his. He can. I think it's though. So you, you, if you had to pick an upset, you would go Dallas because of the price too. I, I really like that price. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big number, and I think tonight we're going to see Boston kind of maybe even see kind of the wares of that last series. I think yeah. that'll show up. I like Miami and, and Smart's questionable. I believe he is. What I'm waiting for is Miami to win tonight, then jumping on Boston oh, for the, the series. I'm not sure they will. How much that series price is going to adjust. I'm going to have to do some peeking here and see what it is today as opposed to tomorrow if it plays out how I think it will. All right, uh, let's get to, to Jeff real quick, and then we'll get to our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Jeff, uh, take it away. Hey, real quick, I missed yesterday, but Luka Doncic, it's not even a question. He's the best player. 
left in the playoffs. That crossover he did on Cam Johnson in Game 7, when he crossed him up and Cam fell and he looked at him and then pulled it from about 23, um, you know, you have those feelings in sports, right? And that's my segue to Phil. So when Luca did that and what Phil did last year at the PGA, and that should been, I believe, on hole five or six, when he was kind of floating around and Brooks was kind of close, those are things I'm going to remember about Phil. Winning the Masters three times. Guys, let's not forget what Tiger Woods did. I mean, his wife took a seminar to his car on Thanksgiving morning, mm-hmm. okay? There's a report right now that Rajon Rondo is pretty much assaulting and yelling at his kids and saying, you know, unbelievable things and hitting on his wife and all these other pro athletes hitting on their girlfriends and wives. There's, I mean, come on. We all have, you know, skeletons in the closet, okay? So what I'm going to remember about Phil, and if, and if you look at the comments now, they were very harsh for Phil, but now people are coming around. I mean, this is the United States of America. I believe we get second chances. And I would believe when he does come back, and he will, he'll go over to Saudi. And let, again, let's be honest, he's not the best golfer. He, he's nowhere no, near no. who he is. Mm-hmm. So I have no I have no problem. If he wants to go over there and make $50 million, $100 million, I don't care. I mean, we would all do the same thing in a different job past our prime. I don't, I don't I have no problem with that. When he comes back, there's going to be a huge ovation. Everybody's going to love it. It's going to be the Tiger. I don't know. Just as big as Tiger. I don't know. I'm, I'm not we so all sure. Thought that was, well, we all thought that was Tiger when he was going through what he was going through a long yeah, but, time but, ago. Yeah, but, but true. But you know what? Tiger did a kind of a mea culpa tour. And not that he changed everybody's opinion of him. The fact that he was willing to... Um, not maybe humiliates not the right, but but show um show a a modicum of humility by standing in front of cameras and, and looking as vulnerable as he did. I think maybe he changed some opinion. Now, I don't know if Mickelson. Who knows? Who knows? But but let's say this. Let's say he does do that. Now you already know that the ovation he's going to have. First of all, Tiger has never had that with the fans and with the public like Phil does, right? But I mean, he might. Like, kind of like what Trent said, who knows how real that is? Let's just take it at face value, okay? Phil already has the crowd on his side. Now, I don't know if he has the the other tour players on his side, mm-hmm. but if he comes out in you know with the cameras and he, let's just say he just, you know what, I made mistakes. We all make mistakes, and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to try to, you know, prove it to people, what you know, moving forward, how better of a guy I was. I believe he's been a great husband, a great father. Let's not forget about – maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, again, I, none of us know him. But I think those hold very high standards. There's, again, there's – I've read four or five golfers in the last 24 hours standing up for Phil about how great of a guy he is. Yeah, and so, I can find I four think, or five that would go against that too. So well, uh, it's don't split. You, but don't you think you could find four or five guys that don't like Trent Condon or yeah. Jeff Hart? Or, yeah, look at my Twitter feed. You can't, <laughs> you, you can't please everybody. And, again, everybody makes mistakes. I think he's – I don't know, probably a top 10, top 10, top 12 golfer of all time. No, for sure. He's, yeah, what, he's got six majors? Mm-hmm. Six? Uh, Jeff, got to move on. Appreciate the call. Uh, more on golf coming up. We will talk to our buddy Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Right now, though, uh, time for another $1,000 home run. Uh, enter this nationwide contest at KXNO.com. KXNO.com. Once you get there, you'll see the pop-up box. Enter the keyword work. 
Work at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Work at KXNO.com. Matt Rudy, we come back. Nick Athens still to come on Kansas City. What's going on? Are the Chiefs and the Royals uh, on the precipice, maybe, of getting new stadiums? We shall see. That's uh, in the first hour of the program at Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Back to work. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1030 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Matt Rudy from Golf Digest coming up here uh, momentarily. Nick Athen. I uh, covers the Chiefs primetime sports talk.com. We will speak with Nick coming up at about 1045, working on getting Matt Rudy uh, to join us and opine on what we think we might see this weekend. Southern Hills is the scene. Tiger came out in his press conference yesterday, uh, said he's feeling much, much better than he did at Augusta. Of course, he surprised a lot of people at Augusta by uh, making the cut and performing the way that he did. Yeah, the scores went up as the weekend went on, but just the fact that he was out there. Uh, and hopefully the, he'll be able to duplicate that and find his way uh, to the leaderboard at some time this weekend. It would certainly be good for the game if indeed that uh, if indeed he's able to do that. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we have identified, each of us, a, a school in each of the Power 5 conferences. Uh, the win total has been out uh, for all of the uh, Power 5 schools at uh, Bet Rivers. I'm just going to have a little bit of fun with that and then catch up with Cappy on the Chicago sports scene. A scene last night where both of the um, baseball teams put it in the win column. I don't think the Cubs have turned it around by any means, but you know they're, they've had a better week than they've had. You know, of the of the last three, four weeks when they were just scuffling and couldn't do anything, Frank Schwindel down here is being sent to the minor leagues. Uh, the team looks like it was imploding. The pitchers aren't going deep. Bullpen had not been great. Um, but they go in, they take two out of three from San Diego, likewise Arizona, and pasted the Pirates last night. No Matt Rudy by the looks of no, things? No, not getting Matt Rudy. You're trying to talk yourself to the Cubs, though, aren't well, you? Well, I'm just encouraged that they're playing better. Because okay. there was a couple of weeks, Trent, that they were awful. Sure. They looked like they might lose 100 games. So what's your hope? That they're in the hunt. <laughs> that they're in the hunt. Yeah, uh, in the month of August, that they uh, give you a reason to tune in because I love the broadcast team, I really do. Um, Shambi's terrific. JD is terrific. Taylor McGregor is terrific. Uh, it's a good, it's a good broadcast. Let's switch gears. Let's get Matt Rudy Golf Digest uh, as we take a look at the PGA for a few minutes. Matt Trenton, Ken, uh, thanks for coming on and giving us a few minutes here, Matt Rudy. Um, you want to start with you is the Phil Mickelson, and it, last week wasn't good when he withdrew. It hasn't started out well. The um, the book that that Alan Shipnick is about to hit the book stands, and then Billy Walter's book that's about to come out um, at, in sometime this fall. Couple that with what Tom Lehman said, accusing in the President's Cup of two thousand Mickelson of going into the bushes, uh, not focusing on the on the match that he was playing in, so he could check his scores on his phone. Um, getting a different get, getting a different view of uh, what many people had of Phil Mickelson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the dangers when you have a career as long as he's had and you're in a kind of an alpha dominant sport, if you haven't done everything according to the book, 
when people get their chance to take take their shot, they're going to take it. I think the same thing happened when Tiger had all of his struggles in his personal life. If somebody was inclined to take a shot, that's when they were going to do it. And um, it isn't a surprise to me, as Mickelson has gone up through his 40s and now into his 50s, it, it, it happens when you're no longer the the dominant force on the tour, when it, it's, people can feel a little bit more comfortable that, to take you on because you're not the the marquee force that you might have been before. Uh, I think you're seeing all that. And, and I think in, just in general on tour, if you could see what somebody, you know, what players were like every minute of the day, you could see them in their, you know, in the times when they're not in front of the public, I'm sure you could find unpleasant things about a lot of players. I mean, they, they, the gambling part is not a big surprise and it's really not something that, I mean, that that's a common those things are common among players on the tour. Um, but forty million? Uh, not, <laughs> well, forty million, forty million in losses. One of the first thing I when I saw that, what I wanted to find out is if that was a net or a gross number. I mean, <laughs> did, did he did he lose forty million? How much did he win? You know, what was the net number? I got you. That's a lot. That's a that's a lot of money. And uh, you know, the from what I know about Phil and what I know about his wife, you know, I, I wonder how. I mean, that'd be a tough number to hide around the house yeah. if that was a $40 million loss. I mean, that's a, I think if I went to Vegas and lost a thousand bucks, my wife would be, you know, she'd be hunting me down before I even got home. So I think, number one, I don't know about the $40 million number. I know Alan Shipnuck really well. I've known him a long time, and, and, and he's, a, he's a reporter who gets things right. He, you know, I, I don't think he would put it in there if there wasn't a basis for it. Um, number two, uh, the numbers are relative. You know, if, if you have, if you're Michael Jordan and you're playing, and you're gambling, you don't. If you're if you're playing five hundred dollar blackjack, does it even really matter if you win or lose? I mean, those those guys have to play for a lot of money to you know to feel it. But to your point, forty million dollars is a lot of money. Let's get to the guys that'll be there this weekend, the PGA Championship down in Tulsa. First of all, of course, that certainly has been part of the the uh, repartee throughout the years with the PGA Championship. What can you tell us about the course? Who, What kind of golfer plays well at this course? Well, it's, it's interesting because it, generally speaking, you can make some estimates, but the course has gone through a major renovation. So I don't know that really anybody's going to go there and, and see something that that it directly matches what their previous experience was. I actually think it's probably more of an advantage for a player like Scotty Scheffler, who's seen the course more recently in its guise as a, a location for big 12 golf tournaments. You know, that that's probably more, more of a comparison than someone who's played major championships there before. Um, the, I think the big thing about that, that place in general, it's, it's, it's dealing with the heat. It's dealing with, uh, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in, Oklahoma in the summer, and and it's 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 not going to be like Augusta National, where it could be seventy eight degrees and and pleasant. You can be you can be sweating pretty good. You got to deal with that kind of stuff. Endurance is a big deal. I mean that that certainly is a is a factor when you look at Tiger Woods. I mean, number one, it's it's amazing that he's able to do what he's doing physically, and. I'll be curious to see what the balance is. That the heat definitely makes it easier for him to move around, but the endurance piece—you know, being able to be in a furnace for hmm. five or six hours—and then you add in the the practice that you have to be able to do, you know, to, to get to the first tee. That's that's an interesting piece. You know, which players are going to be able to deal 
the best with, with, with that. I ask you about Ricky Fowler, a guy that um, you know maybe it's just the the orange outfits on on Sunday. I liked watching the guy play the hats, etc. What's happened to his game? Uh, it, it is really um, it's fallen off the cliff. Quite honestly, this was a guy that was top five in the world at one point. Now he's on, you know, he's um, getting to the point maybe Matt that he might have to qualify for some of these events. What happened to him? Sure, I think this. Uh this major is the first one he's been in for a while because he's fallen out of the top 50. I think he only got into this one because he finished in the top 10 last year. Um, I, I think Rick, Ricky Fowler is the, is the cautionary tale for a couple of things. And, and I'll use Jordan Spieth as a good comparison. Um, Ricky Fowler, much like Jordan Spieth, is not a player who has unbelievable horsepower. You know, he, he doesn't bomb it off the tee. He's not, he's not in the upper 25% in, in distance. And you know, and as this this generation of players has come through, and Scheffler is a great example. If you don't have you know effortless 310 yard carry, you're you're not in that long group. And so you better have some other piece of your game that is, that is truly elite to be able to compete with players who always have that effortless Dustin Johnson power in their pocket. Now you look at what Jordan Spieth has done. Over the last five years, it's been a constant search to try to, to to shore up the other parts of his game to accommodate for the fact that he doesn't have that power. Ricky Fowler's been on that same journey, and that's a difficult journey to take. You know, you're going from to different coaches. You're trying to to make the tweaks that that let you have you know the elite iron play that you need to have. It's just proof that what those guys are trying to do, and and to compete when you have just maybe five miles an hour of club head speed less. The, the margins are so much thinner. You, you just don't have, mm. you, you can't just be a B plus player and win majors. If you aren't Dustin Johnson, if you aren't, you know, a guy with that kind of speed. And, uh, you know, I have a, a lot of sympathy for a player like Fowler because everything you said is true. He's extremely popular. He's a really good guy. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a, you know, someone who's really fun to watch. And he just has been overtaken by a generation of younger players you know, the Colin Morikawas of the world who do have that elite ball hitting skill and, and to get, you know, to get passed by that generation generation of players, all these players with all kinds of money who aren't, who aren't afraid to go out and go after every flag. It makes the job of a, you know, mid thirties kind of a player like him really difficult. Let's get you out on this. Uh, your picks for the week, who you like at the top of the board, long shot, whatever you got for us this week. Uh, who are you betting on? If you will, this week, I, I, I was really lucky. I got to, to hang out with Scotty Scheffler for two weeks right in the middle of uh-huh, winning nice. all those tournaments and, get, and getting to number one in the world. <laughs> I did the cover story that's out right now, and, and he went and won the Masters after that issue went to bed. So I love that guy, and, <laughs> and, and he told me that, that, that Southern Hills is his favorite course Uh-oh. on the planet, which, which would lead me to say, geez, I should pick Scotty Scheffler, but <laughs> that seems to be too obvious. What, what I, I think I'm going to pick Xander Shoffley because of what I – saw him do last week you know he was i think i think he was one shot off the cut line on friday and he played he played the last 37 holes or whatever and 25 under par wow i think xander shoffley found something over the last uh little while and he's also a guy that everyone has been saying 
it's just a matter of time for him to win a major. So that's the guy I'm going. Good stuff. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, Golf Digest. Our friend Matt Rudy, follow him on Twitter, at Rudy Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. Good stuff, Matt Rudy. Thank you. I will uh, talk to you before the U.S. Open. I'm going to take some time off, so uh, we'll, I'll catch up. I'm sure Trent will have you next week to recap. But thanks for doing this, Matt Rudy. Appreciate it. You got it. See ya. Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Come back. Uh, we'll switch gears. Get to Kansas City. Let's catch up on that, shall Xander we? Xander Shoffley. You got it? Great minds think alike. What's, what's his price? Uh, I think he was 22 20s. Yeah. Uh, Nick Athen next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Flash Careers. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. As promised, Nick Athen. Uh, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. We'll get to the Chiefs. Their schedule, as everybody's uh, came up, we'll pick his brain on that in a moment. Some of the uh, highs and lows from uh, what the NFL handed them this year. But look, for the last couple of years, as I said at the beginning of the show, Nick's been willing to die on this hill and took a lot of arrows as a lot of people came after him because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. There's no way that the uh, uh, Royals are going to move downtown. Uh, And then what does that do for the Chiefs? And Nick, you may be proven right, certainly when it comes to the Royals who are uh, seemingly somewhat <clears throat> down the road as to um, this actually happen, happening. Uh, are, are the Royals going to leave Kauffman Stadium for downtown Kansas City? I, I'm i not going to say 100%, but I, I definitely put it in the 90, 90, 95 plus range. They're down to basically two spots. City prefers the one by the power, uh, by the uh, uh uh, 18th and Vine area, and the uh, Royals want one a little bit closer to the highway, a little bit more closer to the action um, downtown. So it's just a matter of who wins the revitalizing project that's going to go around the, the the new stadium. But what I thought was shocking <clears throat> that even the Star admitted was that the Royals want to be in their new stadium by 2026. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not very long from now. I mean, three years construction is is a normal time frame for a for a baseball cathedral and and everything they're going to have to build the infrastructure around it, around it is enough time. If they choose the spot closest to the highway, that land is pretty much wide open. If they have to go to the 18th and Vine, there's there's some uh, properties they have to acquire and and uh, <clears throat> some things they have to accomplish. But my guess is, and everything I've heard, I mean, I've been hearing this for two years, and I don't think John Sherman buy, bought the Royals without knowing for sure that he could move downtown because that's what they want to do, and and that's probably what's going to happen. It's wild to think that these two, well, for my whole lifetime, this has been the place of these places mm-hmm. dating back to the 70s, mm-hmm. two renowned stadiums yep. and the possibility of not just one, but both of them going away. Uh, Kansas City, we were kind of talking about this, and Ken and I just don't have a great sense of Kansas City compared to some of the other big Midwestern cities. A traffic, always a concern, things like that. What are yep. what are some of the biggest hurdles when you're talking about going downtown as opposed to maybe some other cities out there? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is really politics. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got division in every political uh, entity in the world. And in Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different between the two states. But in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, you've got that St. Louis factor that just always seems to haunt Kansas City whenever they try to do something. When they tried to build the Sprint Center, Enterprise Leasing, which is owned in St. Louis, they spent a ton of money you know, putting negative ad campaigns in the Kansas City market because they didn't want that to happen. They wanted that money to go to St. Louis. You know, then the Rams leave, and then the Cardinals get a new stadium. And now there's talk that Jacksonville Jaguars may end up in, 
in St. Louis someday. That's a possibility. So I think the Chiefs and the Royals are trying to get as much money out of the state as they can right now because at some point it's going to shift back to St. Louis as it always does. So, again, with John Sherman in particular, he doesn't buy the Royals until he's had these discussions with local leaders. Some of his partners or people are going to be involved in the construction like J.E. Dunn. So I think at at day's end it makes a lot of sense. For the Chiefs, you know, now they're like going, okay, well, do we stay at Arrowhead? Do we wait a few years to build a stadium? Do we entertain the offers from Kansas City, Kansas, which there are? Do we look downtown as well? You know, those are all things that are happening now. But I would say Kansas City, Kansas has a shot to take the the Chiefs away from Arrowhead. And if they do, Nick, uh, obviously, um, would the stadium come with a – a roof, because if you build a new stadium, seemingly yep. the NFL uh, throws you a bone, and that bone is the Super Bowl, right? You get to host a Super Bowl. Um, would would Kansas City, if they if they put a roof over it, uh, seemingly that sure. would uh, pave the way? But will they put a roof over it? Well, yeah, they definitely will. The plans are from from what I've been told is that the the new Arrowhead would be, you know, uh, or whatever they're going to call it, the new Gia Field, I guess. Um, they're going to have a dome. Uh, the goal is to build a destination platform. You know, they want similar to what the Patriots have done in New England. You know, they build a Hall of Fame. They build a shopping district. You know, uh, there's talk that some casinos may get involved in this process. You know, the fact that Kansas passed the gaming bill and Missouri didn't, and Missouri mm-hmm. right now is not scheduled to, to talk about it again for another year, that's just going to put them too far behind the eight ball because here's the one thing that I think the Chiefs have to factor in. They're in the Mahomes era right now. And the Mahomes era could be 5, 10, or 15 more years. It just depends. And their window of opportunity to build the type of facility, the house that Mahomes built, really is contingent on getting it done as quickly as possible. If the Chiefs decide to let the Royals move and they're going to wait to tear down Royal Stadium to build a new uh, stadium, you're talking about, you know, 2030, 2029 at best uh, to have a new stadium. If they go to the Kansas City, Kansas side, they could be in the same position because there's a vacant plot of land right next to the racetrack. They could be up and running by 2026 with a dome stadium that's going to get a Super Bowl. It's going to probably have a Hall of Fame of some kind, shopping district. It's going to give them a Kansas City a Final Four. And now that we have the new airport, now that there's probably be more hotels that are going to be put up or casinos put up in the Kansas, Kansas area, you're talking about maybe the NFL Combine moving to Kansas City because they're going to start bidding that out mm-hmm. uh, beginning this year. So... You know, you talk about, you know, a World Cup down the road or soccer championships and, you know, concerts, truck shows, you know, all those things that make the facility a destination. Listen, guys, I love Arrowhead. You know, I was, I was practically born there, but I, but I remember the municipal stadium days too. So, you know, that stadium is the test of time. The sight lines can never, ever be redone in any new stadium. There's absolutely no way it can be constructed some of the best sightlines in, in any stadium in the country. But, you know, money is king. And if the state of Kansas, which has the gambling, can coincide with casinos, local money, Chiefs put in some money, it makes a lot of sense to build the kind of complex that Clark Hunt wants. Now, does that mean Missouri's out of the picture? Absolutely not. Maybe politically they get their act together and they realize what they might be losing. But at it, 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 whatever happens, you know, the Royals acted first. They're in a good spot. The Chiefs are, are acting second. But I think they may have eyes toward, you know, moving to Kansas. But, again, a lot can happen in between. Politics is a funny business. 
uh, owning a team and moving a stadium and franchises is really difficult. So um, I, I think if I looked at my tea leaves and the crystal ball, <clears throat> you know, Royals in downtown, I think the Chiefs probably would choose the Kansas City, Kansas development over Kansas City, Missouri, and I, I'm good with it. So renovation, that's been long talked about. They talked about trying to get a Super Bowl and finding some kind of, I don't yep. know, tarp to put over top of Arrowhead. And, yeah. and the cost of the feasibility yeah. just wasn't realistic to do something like that. But the Royals move out. They're gone. You can knock down that place yep. and you got all that land and all that area out there. What could a renovation right. look like? And the cost, though, even keeping Arrowhead would have to be significant. Yeah, it's going to be a $3 billion project when it's all said. Jeez. It doesn't matter. You're talking about a, You're talking about hotels shopping district, practice facility, Hall of Fame, new stadium. It's just going to cost, as my grandfather used to say, a lot of iron. And I think I think if they – I mean, they tried the rolling roof. That was the initial concept. They ran out of money. They would have had a, a roof on, on the stadium renovation had the person in Missouri who wrote the bill not wrote it, you know, incorrectly to where the taxpayers were paying, and that wasn't the case. So had that all taken place, and by the time anybody figured it out, it was the day of the vote. So they couldn't change anything. So it's going to be difficult, I think, especially if they want to wait for the Royals. And you got you got to wait till that stadium's demolished. It's going to be sometime in 2026, 2027. Then you got to clear it out. It's just too much time, in my opinion. And don't get fooled by the, you know, they have a lease till 2030. They all have buyouts in it. Royals and Chiefs do. That's not a problem. It's not a lot of money. Um, so, I, again, if you want to build a destination spot, they're probably not going to do it at Arrowhead because here's the problem, guys. Missouri hasn't done it yet. How long have they been there? 50 years? They promised, you know, hotels, and they promised shopping, yeah, and they nothing. promised to develop all that area around there, and they haven't done any of it. And what mm-hmm. makes them think that they're going to do it now? Yes, the Adams Mark Hotel in Anamico. That's it. That's it. And the Amigos changed name a thousand times. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that's what it is now. Yeah, Nick, I know you got a call at the top of the hour. We'll let you go. Thank you, Nick Athen. Appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. On. Yeah, Appreciate good to it. catch up with you, Nick Athen, uh, on Kansas City. So we'll see some changes mm-hmm. in, in the off. Boy, that's a lot of land. A lot of land. Oh, to... Kaufman gone. Arrowhead gone. I'll believe it when I see it. I think the Royals will leave. Yes. That seems like that's a no doubt. But the, the but the the big uh, the drawback is there's nothing out there. Like it's, there's the Adams Mark and that gas station. That's it. As far as I can recall. Yeah, there's. I stayed at the Drury across the road. There's a Drury across the street from the Adams Mark. That's it. There was no electricity when we uh, checked in. What a disaster. You know, it's terrible. All right, then we're going to have some fun with Bama Bob next. Bet Rivers has their win totals out. We're going to go on record middle of May. See if we can find one in each of the Power 5 conferences we like. Miller and Condon, our number two next, 106.3 KXNL.